0: Typically, gone like ten di- ten days at a time, and home for a couple of days. And then yeah. Gone. So it's I'm and I get to be uh, tomorrow. I fly back home. I got a vote, uh, and then um, I'm back on the road again I, 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 for a couple of days in Ohio. I have to do some depositions. Two lawsuits I'm in for Mike, and wow. I have to do depositions. One of them is the Tina Peters thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that they're, they t- they you know they took my phone and all that stuff yeah wow
1: and well that's what we're here talking about tonight you know is we're we're uh doing the watch party mm-hmm. uh and uh and so um we just thought we'd bring in you know uh the usual suspects here and so uh we've got you and several others that are joining us tonight um uh-huh. and uh and so what what's the what's the update with you um as far as where uh you know uh, just what's what's happening in a nutshell uh, recently uh, with you, and then um, you know, then we'll just kind of talk a little bit about selection code and you know wh- well, why what Tina
2: did was so important. I think first of all, I, I think what we're, where we should start is you know we know who you are. We've been I mean, Matt actually got to meet you in person at the cyber symposium, all that kind of stuff, and we, we've got to hang out a couple times and stuff, but you know, for those that don't know who you are and what your background is, you know, your, your title even says Dr. Douglas Frank. So who who are you? What do you do?
0: Well, I, I'm a physicist and, you know, I, I'm i 60 years old now. So I like to tell people that the first 20 years I grew up and the next 40 years I did science and business. And, uh, and then the last 20 years of my life, I think I'm going to be trying to save my country mm-hmm. uh, because uh, we don't We don't own our elections anymore. And so what I do every day is I travel around the country, uh, teaching grassroots teams how to find the fraud in their counties. And then empower that empowers them to address their local commissioners, their election election officials, their sheriffs. I work a lot with sheriffs. Sheriffs are super important in this process. The thing is, is that there are a lot of allegations out there, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, of, of election fraud. The problem is, is that the citizens, if they just run up to their officials and say, we want to get rid of the machines, blah, 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 nothing will happen because right. they say, well, show us there's a problem. So what I do is I equip the citizens with the with the evidence they need. Mm. Um, I, they actually have fraud in their hands, and then they can go to their sheriff and say, "Will you confirm this for us. Wow. And then the sheriff, the sheriff confirms it and the commissioners mm-hmm. confirm it. And I got to tell you, it is a pretty cool thing to be sitting in a meeting with election officials who think their elections are perfect. And then the citizens have done their canvassing and they sit there and one after another, they show them dead voter after dead voter after dead voter or or people that have moved away decade ago, yet they're still getting ballots from them. It's funny because they start out all high and mighty, but by the end of the end of the meeting, they're wriggling in their chairs like they got pinworms. It's awesome.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So with, with our voter rolls, you know, they're moving us to things like Eric, Right. Which is electronic voter registration, but it's not even a, a government a uh, ran company it was started by Pew charitable Trust they, they put in the initial funds which yep. used to be funded by uh, George Soros a long time ago yep. and then yep. now it's funded by the the um, states themselves so why should we be concerned about electronic voter rolls if if we're canvassing and we're finding finding dead people on the voter rolls but then we have these electronic voter rolls does those electronic voter rolls actually clean up the voter rolls or do they help the cheat?
0: That's exactly, that, that question's perfect. So Eric was originally sold to states as a way for them to confirm whether or not people were voting in more than one state. Right. Um, except that I have data for 45 states. Okay. I can do my own Eric.
2: And right.
0: Early on when I first started working with Mike, I did my own Eric comparing Arizona and Colorado and I found about 300 very quickly, 300 people that were voting in both states. I turned it in wow. and within a week, it was in the media, is in the media. Oh, Eric has discovered 300 voters uh, who are voting in more than one state and we're removing them. Good for Colorado. Hooray for us. Uh, wow. Except that they wouldn't have done it if I hadn't given it to them. So then I went <laughs> back and, and did my own Eric where I, a little more aggressively, I wrote a better script and found about a thousand voters that were in both Arizona and Colorado. And then I just sat on that one and it's been over a year and nobody's done anything. So the, the, the reason I bring up that example is I don't want people to, it's sort of like one of those things where they say it's going to do one thing, but that really isn't what it's for.
2: Right. And,
0: And, States who participate in ERIC, they give all of their DMV information yep. mm-hmm. and all of their voter roll information to this mm-hmm. group. That And they charge them. It's like $25,000 a county. They yeah. charge them to do this work, and they're claiming to give you the ability to remove stuff, but they actually don't. I mean, you see almost no results from it. Right. So really, in the end, you're just paying the bad guys to steal from you.
2: Yeah. Well, and to my understanding, they they are able to gather your social media information as well, and mm-hmm. then they have the flat annual fee, but then they also charge a fee per person, mm-hmm. right? So to participate, your board yeah. of directors have to pay to to be on their Eric Right. So we as as voters, as, yes. as American citizens, our taxes are going to fund this private company that's gathering all of our personal data. And then they can yes. even sell that data because and they're they a do. private company and they can't. And, and they do. Yes. And so people yeah. need to know. I didn't even know about things like Eric. And then these mm-hmm. are stuff, you know, that we have to opt out of or we, we need yes. our elected officials to say, you know what? I don't want to be a part of Eric. Let's do a canvassing team. Let's put that twenty five thousand dollars towards canvassing. Rather sure. than have this, you know, electronic uh, ability with all the AI and everything that's out there right now, uh, people need to understand this isn't safe.
0: I I think you said that brilliantly. I I spend a lot of time educating legislators who think because they've been told that's what the purpose is for. And I have to teach them. Now, right. when I was with Kyle Ardoin in Louisiana several months ago, he's president of the National Secretaries of States Association. And he has taken Louisiana out of ERIC. And he is recommending that the other states take themselves right. out as well. So this is not just, you know, conspiracy theorist, Dr. Frank telling you this. <laughs> the, the Secretary of State of or louisiana has recognized the vulnerability and pulled themselves out as well
2: yeah wow. well before we go we have one more question to ask you about um, you know with with selection code and all that kind of stuff and and tina peters and some you're you're actually you know going to be doing some uh some court cases and stuff what what's coming up what do you hope is exposed and what can we do
0: Thank you very much for that question. By the way, you guys did a great job on the movie. Um, as I'm going around the country, uh, you know, I speak almost every day somewhere in the country and Uh, the select, my code for advertising selection code is about the fourth one in the pile. And (laughs) I, and I, and I'm always telling people, watch that movie and people say, well, how come, how come the FBI took your phone, Dr. Frank? And, (laughs) and, and I say, well, it has to do with what selection code is about. Yeah. Because, um, I was there at the beginning, uh, with meeting with Tina Peters in her office, Uh, And she told she tells the story in Selection Code, how the secretary of state had informed or instructed every clerk in the state to do a backup.
2: Yeah.
1: But
0: she didn't know how. And by the way, I've spoken to hundreds of clerks all around the country. Nobody knows how to do this. (laughs) So she had asked um, her own IT department Mm -hmm. and they didn't know how to do it. And local computer shop didn't know how to do it so i put her in contact with somebody who did know how to do it yeah and and that's why um and the and the data that was acquired through that process as as if I don't want to give away the movie, people need to watch the movie, but the data acquired in that process has turned out to be extremely critical for the whole country. And I just mm-hmm. thank God that I was there at that time. I mean, I'm not taking credit if, you know, <laughs> I, God would have sent somebody else if he didn't send me, but yeah. um, I'm glad I was there that day and instrumental. And, and because I was part of that, that's why the FBI has um, seized my phone because they're prosecuting Tina Peters and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for, for what she's done. And I, I, you know, I have a grand jury appointment and I have to give all this evidence. Um, a lot of that is protected, but I shouldn't get into that um, information uh, uh, in public, uh, but uh, you know, so I'm in a few lawsuits like that around the country. Um, mm-hmm. We love lawsuits. I just testified in an Oregon lawsuit. I mentioned it to you when we were last together mm-hmm. that I, the, the Oregon situation, well, yeah. that lawsuit took place, and we got to put the clerk in the stand. Mm. So wow. unlike so unlike Tina Peters, who, you know, hasn't really been able to testify in court yet, yeah. we were able to get the clerk of, of the of Washington County, Oregon, it's the northernmost county, in the witness stand under oath, admitting that every single one of her voting machines, every one of her scanners had a modem in it that yep. she could mm-hmm. turn on with a mouse click yep. without a password. Yeah. So that's the sort of thing that's really that's why this fight is so important. We've yeah. we've taken people from believing that the machines aren't on the internet to having to admit that they are and that they're vulnerable.
3: Yeah.
0: And but now they say, oh, but that doesn't prove there's any fraud, Dr. Yeah. Frank. Well <laughs> so it's like, okay, next step, next step, next right. step. So we're basically walking the country through this process. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank
2: you so much. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for everything that you're doing and teaching everybody, and and uh, taking the time to go to all these sheriffs. I know it costs a lot of money, and everybody's going to find you on all your social media accounts to help support your efforts. But also, you know, you having the courage to go through lawsuits mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. We really do need more people not to be afraid of all of these bully tactics, of FBI taking their phones or doing things. That, that they shouldn't be doing because you're doing the right thing and you're trying to get the truth out there and they're trying to shut people down. And if more people ask for the truth to be told and they, they're willing to, to do what it takes, that would be awesome. So we thank you so much for coming on with us. Thank you for supporting Selection Code and we'll be praying for you.
0: Yeah, thanks. Well, thank you very thanks, much. Dave. Thank you for what you're doing too. I always encourage people to discover what gifts God has given you and use them, deploy them. And you guys obviously have a gift in filmmaking as well. So and, and doing what you're doing. So it's like if everybody would just do what God's gifts yeah. had mm-hmm. given them, we'd be in a lot better shape.
2: That's true. Amen. Amen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All,
2: All right. right. We'll be talking to you soon.
0: Thanks, Dr. Frank.
1: God
2: bless. Great
0: to see you.
1: Mm-hmm. Bye bye. Did did you know that my pillow actually has way more than just pillows? I mean, of course they have pillows, but they also have blankets, slippers, towels, travel pillows, dog blankets, mattresses, sheets, and even more pillows. So to check out all of the things that they have over there go to spiropillow.com and you'll get 66% off of your order today but make sure that you use the promo code spiro right. Yeah so so, what I hear you saying is that basically um most other investments at this point are just at just kind of a bubble state where it's it's whereas the uh the the gold and silver markets due to the paper contracts is actually at a depressed state and is about to it's like the beach ball you know
3: popping up out of the water almost mm-hmm. is that is that mm-hmm. what I hear you saying? yeah, it's just like that I mean. it's going to act like a trampoline. I mean, we, when, when silver hit six weeks ago, it hit eight, $18. It was at threshold level. And I, and I was talking about that on the shows. It's like, Hey, everybody at this $18, it's a support level. I'm not a technical guy. I could care less. I don't look at charts. Right. Yeah. Fundamentals always drive the markets, but my technical trader clients were foaming at the mouth. They said, go on silver at 18 bucks. We got to get in because it'll have the tendency to bounce up trampoline. And it does. And we went from 1760 to 22 mm. wow. in, in that time frame it's like it did it did exactly as we thought it was going to do mm-hmm. and it's going to continue on so it's not too late you haven't missed the boat right. um i mean I, I truly think that silver before this is done will probably hit 75 to 100 an ounce Wow! because that will be reflective of the of typical short squeezes right like mm. tesla in 2020 they went up 400 silver in 2010 went up about 400%. You know, GameStop was an outlier and right. you know, in yeah. January of last year went up 1600% in a month. Wow. But normally you're you're looking at 3 to 4 times gain in a short mm-hmm. squeeze. Well, if we started at, at let's just call it $20 silver. Well, that gets us to 80 bucks. I think it's going to go higher than that, right? So so with that I would just stick with the meat and potatoes of the precious metals investing, silver and gold, uh, but I would allocate into silver because it, of the supply chain disruptions, low inventory, high demand, inflationary pressures makes all the sense in the world. and it's outperforming gold by a pretty wide margin. Right. Wow.
2: And I mean, for me, like I said earlier, it's when somebody tells me I can't do something. Um, then I just dig in a little bit deeper and I show them that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, right now, it, it looks like there's been some plans in place to destroy the U.S. dollar. And it looks like this has been intentional, on purpose, and that there's other nations involved and, and different people that are involved in this. And my hope and my goal would be that not only can we protect people, that we get through this and that we're stronger at the end of this than we were before this all of this has started. So how do we get through this? How do we help our neighbors? What can we do to to protect ourselves and get the word out there?
3: Simply by by understanding the times that we're living in, identifying these trends and being in the right place at the right time, that'll put a smile on your face. So bottom line, what does that mean? I would get out of paper assets right now. I'd get out of stocks. I would get out of bonds, um, have minimum holdings of cash because it gets you 0%. And what would I do? I would allocate into a debt- free mm. um, tangible asset like gold and silver. okay see real estate is a tangible asset, but it's based on debt. you have to finance it to yeah. buy it usually. So so I'm talking about debt free tangible assets. that would be gold and silver. Best thing you can do. we've just talked about the massive growth in silver. Gold's not too shabby either. I mean it's <laughs> it's up going up a ton. just not as much as silver, right? So either right. one of those you'd be great with, but when all else being equal, they're both equally as safe. Going to the one that's doing better, that yeah. would be silver. So, and then I had one other, I, one person
1: uh, comment to me about how um, uh, it was actually a wife of a financial advisor, and uh, he didn't want to get into gold and silver because that's not what they sell. Uh, and you mentioned mm-hmm. that on on a um, on an episode oh, that yeah. they're not allowed to actually offer it uh, if they don't carry it and so you know for anybody that's out there that's listening to their that, financial that advisors they're listening to their financial advisors or, or or related to a financial advisor can you kind of clear that up a little bit
3: yeah so it's 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 an industry law called selling away if if your brokerage house mm-hmm. let's just i mean I, I don't know if that's let's just like Merrill Lynch, Schwab or whatever, right? If they don't offer it and you say something about it and and entice or cause a client to go somewhere else and buy it, you're selling away. Or they can't actually make a side agreement with the company that does because they're profiting from something that the company doesn't. So selling away is a big no-no and they could get fired for it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that they're bad, doesn't mean that they're evil, doesn't mean that they're no. stupid, doesn't mean that anything other than self-preservation generally trumps everything else. Right. right. And they don't want to lose their job. So, so that's why you hear a lot, oh, gold and silver are risky. Oh, you, you don't. So, and then the next statement is, but if you want it, we can get it in a, like a silver gold ETF. It's like, wait mm. a second. I just thought you said it was risky, right? So now you're offering it in paper. <laughs> but but yet paper, silver, and gold is not the same as tangible, physical silver and gold. Yeah. They don't even act the same really, right? So one one can be manipulated via short contracts like we just talked about. The other one is purely a function. I'm talking about the tangible variety, thousand ounce bars, hundred ounce bars, ten ounce bars, simply supply and demand, inventory, um, low inventory, and and high demand causes prices to go through the roof. Mm -hmm. So, man, I would do physical silver. And people don't realize we can do IRA rollovers into physical silver. It doesn't have to be. You know, if you have a brokerage account at, at a big firm and you want to go into silver, well, just have them wire you a check into your account, cut your check, and then, You had wired over to us, we'll buy physical silver, gold for you, and ship it to your home or open up a depository account. These are easy things to do. Mm -hmm. And I also hear, Matthew, from from advisors like, oh, gold and silver are risky. You know, why Mm -hmm. would you want to? You know, they're very volatile. Well, I did a research study, you know, an exhaustive one that goes back 22 years, and I compared stocks, bonds, real estate, gold, silver, CDs, six things. Guess what? The safest asset. And the best performing one over the last twenty two years has been silver. Guess what was second? Gold. Guess that was a distant third. Stocks, right? Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so even those kind of things, when you actually do the raw numbers, people just say things because they can't mm. sell it. They don't want to lose business, right? Right? So, right. so here, like what what we do, I mean, I've got I've got people that we can refer stocks to, right? It's like it's not that I have a, a bias in any direction. Mm. We can do gold we can do stocks, we can do bonds, we can do mutual funds, whatever. But here's where, where I land on that. I want a lifetime relationship with my clients. Therefore, if something stinks, I'm not gonna recommend it. If it's good, I will. Because I don't have a bias in any direction when ultimately we can do anything we want. My only bias is that we are in the right place at the right time hmm. and advise our clients with biblical wisdom and and Holy Spirit guidance to make sure that the majority of the time we're in the right place at the right time. And how do you do that? Identify these trends, understand the fundamentals that cause growth, put the puzzle pieces together of politics, economics and social changes in the yeah. country we're living in. Because every one of those puzzle pieces, when put together, make the big picture that tells us what's safe and what's not.
1: We, we just so appreciate you and everything that you're doing. Yeah. Um, so many people have... He uh, either said, oh, I've already talked to Kirk or um, I'm going to, I've scheduled an team. appointment with his team. And so uh, if you want to uh, talk to Dr. Kirk's team uh, about your financial situation and your how goals. gold and silver might be the best option for you, go to SpiroGold.com or you can call or text seven two zero. to get an appointment today.